All right. Welcome back to the Pilgrim Song, episode 16. I'm Alexander. And I'm Charlie. Welcome back, guys. We're very excited. Uh, we had a lot of listens on last week's episode, so we were glad that you're here for part two. Uh, we wanted to keep going through Rhett's Church Critique and see uh, where we agree, where we disagree, and you know, try to evaluate it as fair as we possibly can. Uh, so there were a couple other things that happened in 2020 that Rhett was wanted to talk about in his critique that we're going to handle, as well as some of the like last parts about leaving people who are leaving the church and stuff like that. So we want to talk about that, and they started with COVID. So about 37 minutes into it, uh, he talks about COVID, and <clears throat> my biggest issue of this section is really like he he just starts making a lot of general statements where it's not a statistical analysis or any such thing rather he just says that white evangelicals broadly are the group least likely to wear a mask in public to deny the seriousness of the pandemic to question the efficacy of vaccination and are more likely to believe false information about the covid vaccine so the conclusion that he arrives at again this is not one that i agree with but this is his conclusion White evangelicals have been on the wrong side of the fight against COVID. So, how do you feel about Charlie? How, how fair do you think that is? Yeah, so I definitely agree, first of all, that I would love to see his source on his statistics that he uses. Um, because he gives, like, specific numbers mm -hmm. when he talks about this. But he never actually gives us a source on where his stats come from. Um, you know, I, I tried to look him up. I found a few articles, but nothing that said explicitly what he was calling out white evangelicals for. Um, you know, it's definitely a problem that I saw within the church for sure. Mm. Um, and it definitely, you know, still is a, a big issue. But I don't like his generalization that he makes. Um, similarly to what we talked about, you know, last week when he was talking about racism. He makes a lot of um, bold sweeping claims about the church as a whole. Um, when, you know, it's not necessarily the case. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I definitely think this was an issue within the church, but I also think that this was a very large issue outside the church as well. I mean, white evangelical Christians were not the only people that were anti-maskers or things like that. I mean, yeah. it definitely was a broad issue. So for sure. Yeah. I don't think your statement was very fair. Basically to answer your question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I think that you can make some assessments, but Particularly when you, if you hear him make the list, uh, like he gave some specific numbers with the race part, but then with this one, he just kind of said they're most likely, they're most likely, yeah. they're most likely. And it's like we, there's there's no statistical like yeah. thing that we can know about it. Um, but this has been uh, there are some problems within the church, I think, where people were not taking it as seriously as others were. Um, <clears throat> that there's been a lot of unfair mischaracterizations of those who don't wear masks or even those who do, which is the way the side I found myself on where I was like, you're not wearing a mask. You're obviously a not a terrible person, a not loving person. And that's not fair for me. Like I, I deserve to be judged for that side. Um, <clears throat> and there's a lot of things that went into COVID. Unfortunately, something as important as protecting one another somehow got politicized and that just that mess was with everything is the second that politics enters it it's going to be divisive so i mean there's there's a lot of things that have come out with fauci's emails and all this type of stuff and it's just going to create a lot more division so that is that is 
worrisome. But I, I just getting your opinion, like, why do you think that Christians, at least from his perspective, Rhett's perspective, they were the least likely to believe in mask wearing and stuff like that? Yeah. Right? So I, I definitely agree, first off, that it, it definitely became a political mm-hmm. issue throughout it, as do most large issues these days become political. Mm-hmm. Um, but why Christians specifically? You know, this is something that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but I, I really do think it has to do with the typical Christian party affiliation. When you mm-hmm. look at the group that was more of the anti-mask and kind of pushed that agenda, it was the more conservative side that was kind of pushing that. Um, and I think, you know, when we look at the church and you and you do look at real statistics, um, not just opinions, you know, Christians typically side with a more conservative political belief, which, again, we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, I think that that's probably why, in my opinion, that's probably why, you know, we saw a lot of Christians that were very anti-mask is probably because that's just the way they sided politically. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of the reason why people believed the way they believed and the way they acted with COVID was because of the way they sided politically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my opinion on that. You know, I don't, I don't really know though, yeah, but that's, yeah. yeah. I, I just, and that's really, that's a dangerous position to be yep. in because no matter what side says what about anything, doing the right thing has no political party, right. especially when it comes to Jesus. That means that you're following Jesus. You're not following any political uh, yep. leaning. It doesn't help when it was a big election year too, for yeah. sure. I mean, this was a, a major year for a lot of reasons and it was ended with a pretty controversial and big election yeah. that occurred. So a lot, yeah. yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff in there, but for from my perspective, what I really ended up landing on was it didn't matter ultimately whether masks were the most helpful thing. And sure. I've seen evidence that proves that it was. I've seen evidence that proves that it wasn't. Like I've literally seen both sides. So I don't know who's lying. Or like <laughs> I, I feel like science is pretty consistent, but however <laughs> it ended up. I've seen both sides of this argument, but my biggest problem is i think what rhett saw as well and it's just the perspective of people outside looking in is they don't care about me that those who call themselves christians or of christ don't actually care about me because they refuse to wear a mask or they've refused to social distance they refuse to respect that type of thing and it doesn't help i mean you know we definitely were being portrayed i feel like the church as a Mm. whole by a lot of you know, media and things like that was being portrayed in that kind of light. You know, when, when everything was shut down, what was, what were the groups that were resisting the most? What were the groups that were meeting yeah. anyways? It was usually churches. People were still gathering in congregations. Um, and so, you know, we kind of, in my opinion, got unfairly portrayed as this evil group of people that doesn't really care about COVID. And so, yeah. you know, there was definitely some inflation of that <laughs> going on, I think, as well, which yeah. doesn't help the situation. I didn't it doesn't even, help outside people's perspectives of the church as a whole. Yeah, I didn't even consider that. I didn't even yeah. think about, yeah, we're the ones who are trying to stay together. Cause I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. I saw a lot of news articles about that's like, fair. oh, these churches are still meeting. You know, and that's still they're rough wrong. in Canada. Yeah. Like, yeah. They've been arrested for it. So It's tough. Yeah. But oh. um, so I think it was our responsibility to still meet during COVID and, yep. and that was, those were the most comforting times during this period. Absolutely. Uh, but I just, I have a couple verses and, and Charlie has a few as well that we should be considering as we continue to weather the pandemic. Fortunately, thanks, thanks be to God where we have the light at the end of the tunnel here. Um, but uh, just some things that we consider coming out of this. So firstly, in Romans 12, 18, uh, Paul says that as far as it is, as far as it depends on you, 
live peaceably with all. Now, there are things that the world and Christians are obviously going to run into each other and bump heads on. But Paul's call in Romans 12, what the mark of a true Christian is for someone that as far as we can you know, live peaceably with them, that means we, we respect them. And we don't, try to, we don't try to stir up anything. So when someone asks us to wear a mask, it's not on the basis of have my rights been infringed upon or do I think this is the most effective? If they believe that's what's most helpful, you should wear the mask. I, I think that's a fair assessment of Romans 12. If, again, as usual, if you disagree with us on a, on a point, you can let us know. Um, I think Colossians 4 or 5 also applies to this. He, Paul says, again, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. So did you consider your actions and your time? Like, I saw a lot of Christians talking about conspiracies and stuff like that, which our next verse talks about. But a lot of this effort has gone into talking about how corrupt Fauci is and not into talking about how uncorrupt and awesome Jesus is. And it's like, why don't you use your time effectively talking about the great physician. Hmm. I mean, like, think about that. Um, and then finally, 2 Timothy 2.23. Uh, Paul says again, Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. So everything from Fauci's emails to 5G towers, everything was controversial and and like, just coming up with these insane conspiracy theories, like just putting that stuff out there. And it's like, if you talk more about this than you do about Jesus, if you don't have hope about Jesus, you're you're marring the name of Christ to the people who are looking from the outside in. And it just really, it bothered me because I, I checked the statistics. We're over 600,000 dead Americans, just Americans. Um, 600,000 in this first world country, and some people are still going out of their way to dog people who wear masks and embarrass them and do all this type of stuff. And that just, that doesn't help. Um, and that's that's been my issue. So you have, you have some other yeah. thoughts on this Yeah, <clears throat> so well. kind of going along with that, right? So, you know, you really take the perspective of, you know, loving your neighbor. Yeah. Um, and I think that's should be probably the number one motivation for all of us. But I think there's another angle that we can take on it from scripture as well. Uh, and it goes along with love, but it's, it's the idea of, of being a stumbling block. Um, so probably the number one passage that I think of um, when, when, you know, when I think about this is, is first Corinthians eight. Uh, I'm just going to read the whole chapter. Um, Cause I don't really think that there's a good place to stop and start here. <clears throat> it says in first Corinthians chapter eight, beginning in verse one. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to, eat, as to the eating of the food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, Indeed, there are many, quote, gods and many, quote, lords. Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom we are all things through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge. 
but some through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in idols, eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged? If his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols, and so by your knowledge this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Yeah. Um, when I think about the idea of, of wearing masks... Uh, and the controversy that surrounds it. This is probably the passage that I like to apply to it the most. Um, I think this is really powerful. Um, So obviously we can get context from this passage. Paul is talking about an issue that some of the Christians are having uh, in Corinth at this time. And that is dealing with, you know, should you eat food that was offered to idols? Um, This was apparently a pretty big issue. And so what, what is Paul's conclusion about this? Well, first of all, you know, idols aren't really a thing, right? These are just fake gods. They're just objects. They're meaningless. And so when it really comes down to it, right, the eating food offers to idols is not really that big of a deal. You know, you're not sinning if you do that. It's not necessarily wrong to because these idols aren't real. But the issue becomes is that some some of the Christians were really struggling with this idea, could not get past, you know, their brothers and sisters eating things that had been offered to this false God. Mm-hmm. And so what Paul says is if, you know, if your brother is struggling with this, if my brother is struggling with this issue, I would give up meat altogether. If someone's struggling because of food, and this is not the first time he talks about someone struggling with the idea of food. We'll talk about it in a second, but also in Romans too. But he would be willing to give up all meat altogether, not just meat offered to idols. He'd be willing to give it up and just become a straight up vegetarian if it meant that he was being a stumbling block for his brother. Mm. Um, so then let's apply that to us now, right? If if my if my brother is struggling with someone wearing a mask or someone not wearing a mask, usually it's with someone not wearing a mask, which it it's happened, right? Mm-hmm. I struggled with it, right? If you don't think that anyone struggles with the idea of people not wearing masks around them, know that I'm, I'm one of those people, right? It made me uncomfortable when, you know, when the pandemic was really in full swing, especially, mm-hmm. you know, before, you know, we had been vaccinated and all that stuff. If, if I was wearing a mask, I was around someone that didn't, you know, it was a little uncomfortable. It was awkward. It was weird. And, and I struggled with that. And I, and I know that I'm not alone in feeling that way where it was difficult for me. Um, if you have a brother that is struggling with this idea Right. Whether or not you choose to believe that it's good science or bad science, whether or not you think that they're effective. If this is a stumbling block for your brother, wear wear the mask. Right. If your brother is struggling with eating meat, don't eat meat is what Paul says. Give that up because that's not what we're supposed to be. Because if you don't, you know, if you become that hindrance to that person, right, if you if you are acting in that way, if you're not acting with a loving heart. 
he says it. I mean, I don't think he can get much more obvious. You you sin against Christ. Mm-hmm. If you were a stumbling block against somebody, if you're if you're being that way, going out of your way to not wear a mask, to be that and being that stumbling block, you know that people struggle with this. It's a sin against Christ, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's tough. Um, you know, it, it's it's a very controversial topic. Um, it's something that uh, we, I think we, we've all struggled with. Um, going through this because, you know, we've all seen people that don't want to wear masks um, and are very proud not to. Um, you know, another passage that goes along with this and the idea of, you know, you know, kind of your, your freedom can become a stumbling block will be Galatians 5, 13. Mm. Um, I, I won't read that. And also Romans 14, 13, the same idea when he's again talking about um, food. Um, again, this idea of, uh, with that passage, it was about unclean versus clean food. You know, can you eat unclean food? They were struggling with it. And again, it just comes down to, you know, yeah, you can eat all food, but if it's causing someone to stumble, don't do it. Don't be a hindrance to your brother. You can't do that. We're all supposed to love each other and live peaceably with each other. Mm. Um, just like you were talking about. Uh, and then, you know, finally there's the, the more obvious there's Romans 13, uh, one through seven, when he talks about, you know, obeying the government, right? This isn't just something that we do out of love. It's also something that we were, you know, asked to do by the governing authorities. So obey the government, right? Um, you know, I had, I had friends and family that disagreed with the mask order. Um, you know, they didn't agree with the science and they just didn't generally didn't like wearing them. Right. I don't think most of us did like wearing them, (laughs) but you know what they did? They wore their masks, right? They, even though they personally did not love it and didn't really believe that the science was necessarily true, they wore the masks. They did it anyways because they knew that they were one acting out of love because they loved their neighbor enough to not want it to be a stumbling block against them. And two, because the government told them to, and so they're just going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. That's just what they were asked to do. So they're going to do it. Um, and I, and I think they're going to be commended for that someday because of that. So <laughs> shout out to my family. That was that way. I, <laughs> I appreciate you, um, doing that, I, you know, yeah, that, that's kind of my take on it. And that's, you know, the way that I look at the topic for sure. Yeah. And again, if you disagree and you think that maybe I, I pulled these passages out of context or misapplied them, please, please let me know. I, I want to know that. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, using these passages in, in a false way and spreading any kind of false doctrine. So please tell me if you if you think that I've pulled these out of context. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really don't feel like I have. But if but if you think that I have, I would I would love to hear about it and have mm-hmm. a conversation about it. And one of the things that I've, the more I've kind of tried to take, I tried to take it from a different perspective, particularly with the vaccine. And I can see like after a year, like being worried that this, the effects of the vaccine will be just as bad as the disease itself or ineffective. And you're free to not take the vaccine. But I think that if you aren't going to take the vaccine, you still take the precautions of wearing a mask and social distancing just just for the sake of other people. Yeah. Um, not because, again, not because you believe in it. And that's why I don't want to force our, like, our belief about the, the yeah. vaccine on you. But if you are taking a, if you're taking on, I don't want to take the vaccine, then don't yeah. and just take the precautions. Yeah. So it's not about the science. Yes. It's, it's not about the data. Yes. It's not about any of that. What it's about for us and what our, all of our life should be about is it's, it's about love. It Amen. all goes back Amen. to love. I know I've said that <laughs> probably 50 times on this podcast in the various episodes, but 
so many issues that we face today go back to this idea of love, right? That's the mm-hmm. most important thing for us is to love the Lord and to love our neighbor. Yeah, so and it's not a bad thing because that's kind of what Jesus said. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> can't go very right. wrong there. But yeah, so that, that's been a struggle. But again, I think that there's ways for us to help as, as we go through the end of this pandemic. And I also think that, and we both agree that rest kind of, attitude was a little bit of mischaracterization so we wanted to just address our perspective using the bible but like really just emphasize not that we hate you and if you go through this and you still don't believe in the need to take the vaccine or anything like that it's just this encouragement to the the way that we treat this issue has an effect on how the world sees christians and like i saw just a ton of posts of people saying stuff like i don't know what it would take to get you to care about people. And that was to wear your mask essentially. And, you know, that should be what our drive is that we care about people, that we love people and ultimately that we want to bring them to Jesus. And if you're someone who, you know, is against it and doesn't want to wear it, please let me know too. I I would love to hear your reasoning for, you know, I've heard a lot of different reasons for some, you're valid. Some people make very valid points against it, but um, you know, so if you're if you're someone that, you know, disagrees with it, please, please let me know. I would love to hear, you know, why and, um, you know, why you choose, you know, not to or why you choose to. I, mm-hmm. I feel like that would be that would be really good. So For sure. um, a little bit later on in the podcast, Rhett gets pretty choked up when he considers Christians who are caught too much in their rights and their persecution complaint uh, complex and complaints about their own freedoms and it's a really touching part of the episode like i when i was listening to it i wasn't looking like you know there's a space in there when he's you know trying to gather his thoughts and that thing and i i did appreciate like the sentiment like what Rhett is saying about this stuff while i would be a little bit more curt uh he he really does care about these issues and he really does care about i, I think about people I just think his basis is now off because he doesn't have Jesus there. Yeah. Uh, so, but my, my conclusion that I get out of that is, you know, a non-Christian should not hurt more than a Christian when they see other people hurting. Yeah. Um, and that just means that we have to be more active. And I think, you know, I, my examples that I give is to give blood, which I want to do more often. Um, giving blood is, is super easy. And very nice. And there's donation centers all over the place and they still need lots of blood. So do that. You just be in hospital, which you talked about on the podcast, plug another episode. And that was Charlie's idea. So <laughs> it's a good episode. Um, serving at soup kitchens, like whatever, just be kind, do things in the community, try to serve people. Um, and that's just, that should be our aim. So that's pretty much all I have about at this, at this part. Anything else before we jump into anything else? Yeah. Our very... <laughs> probably most hurtful controversial side yeah. of this so but we'll be back and and we hope that you'll enjoy that too all righty so as we continue through Rhett's church critique, he talks about, uh, he talked about racial reconciliation, COVID, and then finally he talks about the 2021 election 
and what he calls the overwhelming allegiance to Donald Trump. Um, it's very interesting. It's a very interesting section to listen to. He, one quote that he used I thought was very interesting. As a person who no longer believes in Christ, he says, I, think, I can think of few people who are less Christ-like than Donald Trump. So I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. But I want to, before we get to the section, not just act like I'm just ragging on everyone who digs Trump or is into Trump. Because my here's my personal story. Uh, in 2016, I was getting really involved in politics. I was a, what, a sophomore in college at that point. I had watched a lot of YouTube. <laughs> uh, I think maybe radicalized me a little <laughs> bit there. But I was very much a... <clears throat> Trump train type of person. Uh, I vigorously argued for him, and I thought I had some very good arguments. I think you you have similar, yeah, like, you know, for sure. I felt wise. I felt very knowledgeable about these things, despite being a child who knew absolutely nothing about the world. Um, but two things happened to me when I was vigorously on on Trump's side. I had a really good friend, and if I'm honest with you, like he was going to be my best man when I got married. Like we were really, really close and we disagreed on politics and I disagreed so vehemently and so harshly in on the side of Donald Trump that I have now lost this friend. And that happened, what, that's five years ago at this point and it still hurts me to this day. Um, then the second thing that happened to me was when the Stormy Daniels thing broke uh, and Trump talked about, you know, it's, it's just locker room talk, all that type of stuff. And I justified me still rooting for him all this type on the basis of at least he's not Hillary. Not that, you know, oh, I'm not looking for a moral leader, but literally just because he was, in my opinion, better than Hillary, that was my justification. So now, 2021, I am very different from that. And, and um, and I'm thankful for, to God because he pulled me out of that really dogmatic political state. So right now, I'm, I consider myself politically agnostic. Uh, and the only person I'd vote for is Jesus. But, you know, when we talk, I, when I talk about this issue, I'm not coming at you as someone who has always been liberal or progressive or anything and just coming down to slap you in the face. It's really coming from someone who was in that position. I've moved way towards the middle and I'm very centrist now. So... Do you have anything personal you want to jump in there? I mean, for? yeah, yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> obviously, I grew up similar to you. I'm very conservative. Um, in 2016, was an avid Trump supporter um, and, you know, um, argued for him and thought that he was the greatest thing for the country at the time and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, th there were various things that came out uh, during both his campaign and then throughout his presidency that were questionable. Um, during the campaign, I was basically the exact same as you. You know, you argued it because, well, he's better than Hillary. It's mm -hmm. the, and I think a lot of people, that's that's how a lot of people justified Trump and even did in 2020 as well. Mm -hmm. Well, he's better than the opposition, so I'm going to vote for him. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I also had people in my life, too, that influenced me and, and made me question things and kind of framed things that I never really thought about in a different light, um, gave me perspective that I had never had before, um, you know, and I strongly disagreed at first and argued, but then walk would walk away and, you know, really spend time thinking about it and 
realize, well, you know, they're, they're kind of riding the situation. Mm. Um, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. And so, yeah, it's, it's again, you know, it's like you kind of similarly to you, you know, it's, it's pushed me to a more middle ground territory where, you know, I still have political opinions. I still have beliefs on things. Um, I don't talk about it, but (laughs) you know, um, yeah, I'm definitely much more in the middle than I I was four years ago than I was even three years ago, honestly. Um, so yeah. Both of us, when we're coming at this, we're not trying to just bash you in. We're, we're trying to yeah. be very even keel about this. So, as we hop into this section, he says, uh, my, my opinion, and Charlie can talk about his, but my opinion on when he's talking about this, if you vote for somebody, anybody, I think that's cool. Um, Hillary in 2016, she has her issues and skeletons in her closet that are not good. Uh, Joe Biden, I think he needs to be resting with his family. He does not seem very well, so that that concerns me. But also, like he told people that they weren't black if they didn't vote for him, which was pretty messed up. Um, and I'm going to quote him again, but I I'll ha- I have links to the things that he said, so you you can go and find that information. So Donald Trump also has his shortfallings and his failures. So if you are vo- voting. For a moral leader, for someone who is moral, you cannot vote for a politician. You cannot vote in any election. That is my genuine take. If you vote for someone exclusively on the basis of policy, okay, you can vote for people. If you're voting for moral, you will not find that. Um, Donald Trump says that he has never needed to ask God for forgiveness. He just He's just going to work better. There's a link for that as well. Um, that's not a Christian. Sorry. Uh, again, if you go on the basis of policy, you can vote for Donald Trump, and I think you sh- you can have complete freedom to do that. But if you take the perspective that Donald Trump is a moral, more moral believer or more moral choice than these other candidates, you're very wrong. Um, <clears throat> I have seen three things that have bothered me a lot with this election cycle and since Trump's been in office is demon one of them is demonizing Democrats and believing things as ridiculous as they cannot go to heaven. That's just that's beyond me. I, I cannot even if if the basis of what we're called to do is not it's not vote Republican, it's that you love God and you love people. I don't understand how we've even got to that position. Um, number two, do not defend Donald Trump. If someone says Donald Trump has had three marriages, don't say, oh, well, you know, maybe this white cheat. No, three marriages is not marriage in God's eyes. It's not. Do not justify Stormy Daniels. Don't justify any of this other stuff that he's done that's been immoral, unethical, blasphemous. Like, just, just don't do any of it. Um... So I've, I've also seen a lot of this posting where people will say, oh, we just you guys just kicked him out of office because he said mean things on Twitter. As a Christian, you cannot say that because James 3, 9, James 3, 9 says with it, the tongue, we bless our Lord and father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. You cannot do both of those things and be correct. Right. Um. So the way that Donald Trump talked about 
about people and how he talked to people was unacceptable. Uh, so do not defend Donald Trump's speech or actions if you're just voting for policy. And then three, do not just justify the January 6th riots. Uh, there's been a lot of people who are who claim to be very pro-America and they've seen this and they've defended this. And I do not understand that at all. Those were, it was just, it was despicable. Um, so voting for Donald Trump, putting him down because you think that's the best choice, that's the way you want this country to go, that's totally fine. But following him to the point of he is your God, defending him and refusing to accept the bad about him, that is something totally different. So as followers of Christ, Christ followers, we have to be dedicated to Jesus over any political opinion that we have. And that is, that is my soapbox. <laughs> so yep. you, got, you got anything? No, so I, yeah, I, I agree with everything um, that you said so far. Uh, and this is a topic that, you know, shameless plug of a past episode that you, you actually covered this, um, mm. this whole political topic, I think really well, uh, in episode six, if you haven't listened to it, if you're a new listener, uh, in episode six, uh, Alexander and Reagan, um, they talked about Christian nationalism mm. specifically. And I think you guys did a really good job in covering that. Uh, and so I won't, you know, t- go into too much detail there. You know, if you, if you want to hear a good lesson on that, I think that's a, that's a good place. Um, and again, you know, I, I agree. So, so, so my opinion on this, right? So again, I have political opinions, right? I do. Um, but I keep those to myself for the most part, like I said. Uh, I don't typically like talking about it. And the reason why I don't like to talk about it and I don't like to advertise it to a lot of people, it goes back to what I was talking about before with the way Christians handled COVID-19 and mask wearing. You know, I don't want to be a stumbling block for for my other brothers and sisters, right? Because I know that not everybody is going to agree with the things that I believe in, with the with the way that I would vote, with um, certain policies that I would side with, things like that. Certain people that I support, I know that that my like there are brothers and sisters of mine that are not going to agree, and not only will they disagree, it's going to become a really big issue mm. where it could break apart our friendship and the love that we have for one another. And I don't want to be that. I don't want that on my conscience. I don't want to be a stumbling block for anybody else. And so I keep those things to myself, um, you know, just because I, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm willing to give that up. I'd be willing 100% to give that up if it meant, you know, me not being a stumbling block. I, I don't I don't want to be in that position. Mm. Um, you know, if I talk about Joe Biden, I'll cause a conservative Christian some sort of pain. If I talk about Donald Trump, you know, I'm going to cause, you know, a Democrat Christian pain. Um, I will potentially cause non-Christians like Rhett in this podcast pain. And mm-hmm. obviously he has been, there has been some sort of pain uh, that he has felt towards Christians and specifically in politics and the way that they side. I don't want that to be on my conscience and I don't want to be held accountable for keeping someone from the Lord or pushing someone away from the Lord because of a political agenda that I may side with or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, I, I don't want that on us. And I don't think any Christians should have that on them. Um, again, this kind of goes back to what you guys are talking about. And you're talking about more neutrality when it comes to politics and things like that in your episode six. Mm-hmm. Um, so do with that what you want. Do with that what you want. All right? <laughs> again, that that is my opinion, 
right? If you want to vote, if you want to take part in politics, I, like you said, I truly believe that that's okay, right? Mm. If you want to vote based on policy, that's okay. The moral card, whew, you can't really pull yeah. that. It's just not there. I'm not going to make a generalized statement, but you know, there there are not a lot of politicians that are moral and, and necessarily all good. Yeah. I'm not going to say that all are because I don't <laughs> like when Rhett generalizes, so I'm not going to either. Um, but I, I think it's very difficult if you want to justify the morality card for who you vote for. But if you want to vote based on policy, that is absolutely, it is your right to do so. We have the ability to do so. Um, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. But again, my, my opinion on this, you know, I'm not at all using scripture on this. This is just my personal opinion. Don't publicize it. Mm. Um, don't take to social media to talk about your politics and what you agree with and what you don't agree with. Don't take to social media to rant about how wicked and evil Donald Trump is or how wicked and evil Joe Biden is. Uh, and how, you know, you know, all these different things that are going on. Don't don't take to social media to rant about those things. Uh, don't even go around talking about it to a lot of people. Um, you know, I think I've seen more Christians going around and talking and posting about Trump versus Biden in the last year than I have ever seen them ever post about Jesus. Mm. Um, and I would have an issue with that, right? That should be the number one thing that we talk about is Jesus and his love and not Donald Trump or Joe Biden and which one we're going to side with. There have been more side conversations that I've had with other Christian brethren about politics than I have about the word of God mm-hmm. in the last year. And it breaks my heart <laughs> to think that that's where we're at, where politics matters more. The president matters more than the Lord does than mm-hmm. the word of God. Um, and so again, that's my personal belief on that you can have those opinions you can have that that is perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with it keep it to yourself though is what i would recommend you doing because the last thing you want is to have that on your on your record for the lord is that you've either pushed someone away or kept someone from becoming a part of the lord's family because of your political beliefs Mm -hmm. and the way that you advertise that and the way that you talk about it Mm -hmm. um and so yeah um if if the government was hindering our worship in some way, right? If they were actively persecuted, if they were really persecuting us and, and forcing us not to worship, that is another that is another thing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a whole another set of guidelines for that, right? We always side with the word of God. If if you know if anything, if the government goes against anything of what the Lord has told us to do, you know. That's a different conversation. That's not the conversation that I'm trying to have right now, right? Mm-hmm. I, in my life, have never a single time been not allowed to worship as I wanted to um, because of the, the government has done. Um, you know, I have not been persecuted by the government for what I believe in. Uh, and I don't think that the government is doing that. You may disagree with me. You may have a different opinion on that. I would love to talk with you. I would <laughs> love to hear it. Personally, I've never seen it happen, and I don't really think that it does, even though a lot of people like to kind of push that um, sort of persecution mentality and like they're being, they like to play that victim of being persecuted by the government. Um, But if you think that that is, why don't you take a trip over to China uh, and see what it's like to try to worship the Lord there? Even Canada. Um, Even Canada. Yeah. It's, you know. So uh, we have it pretty good here in the U.S. um, compared to a lot of places. And I don't take that for granted. Um, But. Yeah, I wasn't persecuted under the Bush administration, under the Obama administration, under the Trump administration, and I'm not under the Biden administration. 
So I can pretty confidently say that in the near future, I don't think that we're going to be persecuted for what we believe in by the government. Yeah. Um, so that's, again, my personal take. Um, <laughs> did you have something else? I have one other question I want to ask you, but I want to see yeah. if you had anything else before but that. I really appreciate it. Like, that's a, that's a very mature take. Like, I know that politics does feed into our conversation so much, but, you know, part of being a part of the kingdom of God is stepping away from the things that matter to the world and yeah. ultimately doing what matters to Jesus most. Uh, and this is kind of the part of the, when, for a lot of these things that Trump, particularly when he calls out Trump for what he's done, I think that Red is correct. But his tirade falls apart for me when he starts talking about, you know, this is, this is an immoral guy. And the fact that people keep voting for him, like, I can't believe that. And it's like, the other option was Joe Biden. And is Joe Biden the most moral person? Like, of course not. Like, I, I will also link this thing where he threatened to fight a construction worker when he was going on his, um, when he was going to visit and, you know, meet with people. So when we look for a moral leader, like, you're not going to, as, particularly like with the presidencies, you're not going to find one. So don't make this about morality. Make it about policy. And, or just take Charlie's advice. Don't talk about it. Vote for who you'd like and just... Yeah. It's going to be divisive. Yeah. No matter which way you vote, it's going to be divisive. For sure. So don't seek after quarrel, quarrels amongst brethren as we talked about yeah. before. Let those things go. Because they don't matter. They do not matter. God doesn't care about politics. Mm -hmm. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he really cares about uh, you know politics. No. But yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, one last question though. Um, so it's kind of... Go this goes back to what you asked me earlier. Um, kind of turning this back on you. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, when we talked about why it is that Christians, you know, are very hesitant towards, you know, wearing masks, why we see a lot of um, stuff coming out of, you know, um, Christians about, you know, anti-mask and stuff like that. And my take on it was, well, it's probably because of their, most Christians typically lean with the more conservative government. And that's what they, they were pushing at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so then the question that I have for you is, why do you think that Christians are so tied to the Republican Party uh, and more specifically than that, tied to Donald Trump? Why do you think there's such an allegiance coming out of Christians toward conservatism and Donald Trump? Mm. Uh, so I think particularly leading issue for this is the abortion argument and the fact that the Republican Party is the one that says that we aren't going to kill babies in the womb Therefore, they are going to be the more moral one or the more God-centered one. Mm -hmm. I think they also fall on the what the claim is that like they're the party of family values and virtues and stuff like that. Um, I think that there's also some a bit of the economics where you want to keep the government out of it so that we keep yeah. making money. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with the the principles it, it can start like with abortion and then you kind of get drawn into everything else sure uh because it's i've heard a lot of christians say and i think i probably even thought this for myself i can't vote democrat because they want to kill children yeah and the more i've grown i've seen that there's a balance between just not killing children also providing for children once they're born and yeah. being assistant so that's why i land more in the middle it's like i don't want to kill children but i also want them supported mm -hmm. as they go through their life. Um, so I think particularly, and then Donald Trump, uh, the allegiance to him, I think 
because he's been so pro-religious freedom yeah. and people's perspective. Like he literally for he he will say no one has done more for evangelicals or whatever than me. And when people hear that, I don't know if they even do their research, but they really go they go and take that and they're like, oh, he has defended us on this thing. He uh, he claims that he's a Presbyterian, so he claims that he's a Protestant, so people side with him on that mm-hmm. basis. Uh, he has a a faith leader. He's he has some pictures where he's praying that type of thing. So, and I think even the Bible stunt this past summer, any of those things really kind of drive this. Yeah, Donald Trump is the Christian ideal, even though they feel like they have a voice through Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, yeah. So I think, and that's a big thing is like people feel like they weren't being unheard of, that they weren't being listened to. Donald Trump heard them and spoke on their behalf. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and about the abortion issue, too, because that's probably the number one thing that I've heard from a lot of why people vote Republican is because, you know, they can't vote Democrat because of abortion. Mm-hmm. Let me just ask you a, a hypothetical question, not you, but listeners, <laughs> a hypothetical question. Let's say tomorrow Joe Biden and the Democrat Party as a whole came out and said, we are no longer supporting abortion. Right. We are now a pro-life party, as is the Republican Party. So both parties became pro-life. Who would you vote for in the next election? Would you actually switch and be willing to vote Democrat? Or would you come up with some other reason as to why you would stick to Republican Party? Hmm. Don't don't flex, in my opinion, don't, don't always flex the abortion issue as the only reason why you vote. Because I feel like it's probably deeper than that. Maybe it's not. Maybe the abortion thing is the reason why you vote Republican. And that, yeah, again, that's a policy matter. That's perfectly fine. But... Just a hypothetical question, something for you to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's the only reason that you ever give people for why you do that, well, let's just think about it. If the Democrat Party decided to go pro-life, would you support them, or mm-hmm. would you still fully support the Republican Party? So, yeah, yeah, food for thought. Yeah. So there's, as we've talked about, there's like there's a lot of nuance to this conversation. So that's the danger I think Christians fall into is because particularly in a two-party system, you're either for me yep. or you're against me. There's no middle ground. There is no middle ground. And rather what we see is not even the kingdom of God is not a middle ground. It is just a higher playing field yep. altogether. So you cannot come to this conversation and be like, you don't, you can't pick sides. You have to love no matter who it is you know yeah. if they're republican or democrat so it goes back to a love thing yeah he does oh, every man. time imagine welcome oh, to the pilgrim wow. song the podcast about love there we go that's, <laughs> our, that's our slogan i just man yeah so it how much of our the world's problems would be solved if we literally followed the two most basic commands <laughs> that god gave yep and right. and truly loved like christ said yeah. love like he loved the church so yeah yeah but yeah, so when it comes to politics, you can have opinions. We are not discouraging opinions. We are discouraging making any political leader your God instead of Jesus. Very dangerous. So, and this is this is almost the last section, but we have yeah. one more <laughs> one little piece here that we want to talk about, and yeah, it'll it'll be a fun. So. Rhett concludes his uh, podcast where he's talking about people leaving the church, particularly young people who are leaving the church, as he says, like never before, which I think is true. 
uh, one caveat I do want to put that is while the church does seem to be dying, particularly in the West, in America, in Europe, in Canada, other places it's growing, like China and Africa and the Middle East. So thanks be to God for that. But that also means that we need to be put in the work in America. Like this, we need to show up, especially considering, as we just talked about in our last section, we have so many freedoms here. We should be spreading the message while we have the opportunity. Um, but he he has a quote here that I think is it's pretty, it's a it's a pretty savage quote. I think it's it's good for us to listen to. So he says, "Your kids aren't leaving the church because you haven't trained them enough. Your kids are leaving the church because you trained them enough with a sense of truth and justice. You let them read the words of Jesus, and they got it." And they realize the church isn't interested in those words. Yikes. Uh, again, he does do the little generalization thing where, you know, he kind of makes that very broad thing. But this is a good question for us to inquire about the churches that we attend and that we're a part of. Are we creating an environment where we are about the things that Jesus actually talked about? Uh, or rather, are we standing against those things? Um, the people who wear the name of Christ are the ones who are supposed to live most like Christ. You don't wear the name Christian and then act like something else. So when someone reads the words of Jesus and doesn't act like, you know, act like they should, don't act like Jesus, of course, that's going to cross problems. And particularly with young people who want to, perhaps they really do love Jesus and want to be mm -hmm. like Jesus. They just haven't found him in the congregation. So that's a really... Uh, that's something that we should be really be considering and working towards. Yeah. So. I mean, kid, you know, young kids are developing, right? They're coming up with their ideas and their opinions and things like that. And so they're being molded into the future adults that they're going to become. And they're per like perceptive, right? They mm -hmm. notice things like that. They notice if you profess one thing and then live uh, another. Um, and, you know, maybe that, that, that does hurt them and affect them and causes them to leave. Um, but also it may train them to become like that when they're adults, which is not a good thing to do either. Um, but I personally, I, I love that quote. Mm. Uh, like you said, it is just, woo, it's, <laughs> it, you know, gets right to the point. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's good. Um, you know, I, I, again, like you said, I don't think it accounts for every young person that leaves the church by any means whatsoever. Mm. But I do think that there are a lot that do leave because of that. Um, I've known some that have and, and have really struggled with this. And I think it goes back to the hypocrisy in the church. Yeah. Um, it was just something that we've talked about in the past. And I'm sure that we're going to talk about this in the future and probably even have a podcast even on it mm -hmm. because it is one of the biggest issues that the church faces always is hypocrisy. Um, and I agree with all the points that you made on this. Yeah. I really don't have much else to add, but yeah, no, yeah. I think that's, yeah. It's, it's just, it, it's, we have to really consider. I think some people see people leaving the church and they're, the default reaction is they just don't love Jesus or they just don't love God and they don't care about this. Yep. And we have to evaluate that on a case-by-case -case basis. Were yep. they led astray because they, they just wanted something outside the world more than they wanted Jesus? That happens with some people. But some people are looking for Jesus and spend yep. their lives and have patience with the church looking for Jesus and no one gives them the time of day. Yeah. So we have to be very considerate of that side and, yeah. and be serious about it. So I think that all the all the social causes and all that stuff that people are really trying to champion, the only the truth of all of them is found in Jesus. So I don't know why we hide from that message and we shouldn't be hiding from it. 
Um, <clears throat> he talks about a living life outside of the church yeah. and how you could have one. And I don't disagree. Like you, you can have a life, but from my perspective, especially as a Christian and when, when Jesus calls himself the way, the truth and the life, that means that if I seek truth outside of him, I'm not going to find it. Or if I seek a way outside of him, I'm not going to find it. And if I seek the truest most beautiful, most wonderful life I can outside of Jesus, I'm not going to find it. So while, you know, on a basic scale of like, you know, life on this earth, can you live and you don't go to church? Yes, plenty of people do it. But when it comes to my life that has purpose and not just purpose on this earth, glorious purpose for the future, like that's, that's where that leads up to. So that's just my consideration. I think he was putting that in there, but um, you have any other things? No, on that? I think, I yeah, think yeah. you hit the point or you hit the nail on the head with that for sure. <laughs> and then a little bit later on the, in the podcast, there's a story that Link tells. Um, he brings up about his son and the son, uh, I think his name is Lando. <laughs> like he, he has a teacher and this teacher is a lesbian and is in a lesbian relationship and has children and basically he talks about his the love that his kid has for this teacher and link's personal perception is if he would have raised his child in the church i guess with the perspective that he did there is no way that he would have been able to love his teacher that deep down he could not love her he didn't have the permission to love her and this bothered me for a lot of reasons did you know did you have any thoughts on that initially no yeah it definitely struck a chord with me for sure some agreement but also a lot of disagreement as well with it i mean there's i mean we'll we'll talk about it here in a second (laughs) but yeah i mean the the whole idea was that he didn't think that his they saw their teacher or whatever like an amusement park or Mm -hmm. something like that i think is what he said and the fact that his son like has a strong relationship with her he credits that strong relationship with them not being in the church. Yeah. Um, which I think is an opinion that a lot of Christians and non-Christians both have. You know, I think that there's, you know, this idea within the church that, oh, you can't have a relationship with someone who's a part of that community because mm. they're, you know, in sin or whatever. You know, you can't love, you know, that person because of that. I, th- I think that that is taught sometimes and I disagree mm. with it. But I also think that there's also that opinion of us of people who aren't in the church who look at us in that way as, oh, Christians, you're the judgy people that hate everyone except mm-hmm. for yourselves. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, and imagine we're going back to love like that, that every time <laughs> when Jesus commands this thing, I, there are some shirts that go around and they say, it says, love your atheist neighbor and love your blank neighbor. And it's like, I don't feel the need to wear that shirt, but we shouldn't have the to. sentiment, yeah, the sentiment reigns true. Now, Jesus doesn't give a caveat on this person specifically as your neighbor. As a matter of fact, when you read the Good Samaritan, he's saying everybody's your neighbor because the guy who asked him the question was like, "Well, my Jewish neighbor, right?" Yeah. And he's like, "No, like specifically everybody. the people that you don't you like. Hate. Exactly, they're the ones that are your neighbor." <laughs> yeah. So we have to take that into consideration that there is, and you know. We'll talk about this a little bit more, but like Link's or Rhett's response in this, he says that when you when you have the opinion that I think people who take the Bible seriously and take what Jesus says about sexual ethics and marriage seriously, 
um, about being being heterosexual marriage is the only place for sexual intimacy and that type of thing. When you hold that perspective, he says that you're invalidating a huge part of that person's identity and existence. It's not full love. Um, this is where I really had a problem with it because yeah. no offense, but who are you to tell me what I'm doing is unloving yeah. genuinely. Rhett and I don't have the same basis of what love is anymore. He used to believe in Jesus, doesn't believe in Jesus anymore. So for him to say something like, you don't actually fully love someone, it's like you don't get to, you don't have the uh, the authority to say that I don't actually love them. Like that, that's not a fair thing to say. Um, and I feel like he's saying that again on the stigma that surrounds yeah, the church yeah. as a whole. Uh, and I think, you know, it's fair for him if he's basing it off of that stigma to have that opinion because mm-hmm. there is, you know, we have been portrayed as Christians in that way as the judgy group, the unloving group, mm-hmm. the people that only think that we're, you know, going to heaven and everybody else is condemned. And, you know, we hate both the sin and the sinner. You know, mm-hmm. we, that, that's the way that we get portrayed oftentimes mm-hmm. um, with non-Christians. Yeah. So, so I, I don't agree with it. <laughs> no. But uh, there, there has to be this understanding that, and the, the example that I want to use is one of my, I, I'm pretty open about this. I'm trying to be open about it so people will keep me accountable. But I am borderline a pathological liar. That is my like huge like weak point in my life and my walk with Jesus. And that's something I have to battle against every single day and really think through it. Um, now lying is going to obviously have problems in a relationship. So I don't think at all that my girlfriend hates me. As a matter of fact, I think she loves me. The fact of the matter is though, she hates when I lie to her and she hates when I lie to other people. Now, would you say that Bonnie doesn't actually truly love me because she hates this aspect of my life that would be harmful to our relationship? Of course not. That That's ridiculous so there is something that we disagree with about people who are in the lgbtqai plus community there is things that we are going to disagree with and you know there there's plenty of room and we'll definitely talk about this some more but we i i love you and charlie loves you we care about this community but there's also this piece of if you don't have Jesus and you don't listen to what Jesus says and you don't repent, that's going to lead to not having a relationship with him. So you cannot say that we don't love simply because we are going from the basis of truth and saying, this is how you are called to live. Because frankly, Jesus tells Charlie and I things that we don't want to hear about ourselves and calls us to live a different life than we what we desire to live. That's the reality for all of us. Yeah. So... Um, I think that as Charlie was mentioning that there is a fair amount that needs to be done in the church about being kind and being loving to people, uh, in the community. I think that's, that's fair enough and that needs to be said. But I also think that if we have this particular ethic that's given to us by Jesus, by the God of the universe, um, it's not fair to call us unloving just because we disagree with that aspect of how they live their life. So no, I agree 100%. <laughs> There's really nothing I have to add to that. I mean, I think you 
again, really, really hit the nail on the head. Well, I guess I'm on it today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I, and I appreciate you sharing your personal story too. Of that, course, that, that's that's really good. Yeah, but and we just, I, I, I've both of us have seen the struggles like. I I hadn't even heard some of the things that Charlie was talking about where people had said stuff from the pulpit or personal things about race. And that's something I hadn't even heard. But we've, we've seen the places that the church messes up, like all these things that <clears throat> Rhett talked about. The reason we're even saying anything about on the podcast, we've seen people live this yeah. way. We ourselves have, yes, have lived exactly. that way. Like we were talking about earlier with Apollo. I mean, you know, yeah, we, we are in no way better than anybody, no. right? Um, then than what we're trying to talk to. But that's why we're doing this podcast is to not only, you know, maybe hopefully teach you guys and, and help, you know, you guys out, but it also helps us out mm-hmm. too when we talk about these things because it puts things into perspective for us as well when we talk about them. Yeah. And it's a good reminder for us too. Um, yeah. We are called to a higher purpose. And so, but just because we disagree with somebody does not mean that we are better than them mm-hmm. in any way whatsoever. Yeah. So there, there needs to be... I. I guess like a lot of this, what we want to get out of this is just meditation on these aspects. Yeah. Is there a place that you have failed personally or that your church has failed that you think needs to be brought up and talked about? Either way, it should be done because we want we want to not be a burden on any of these subjects. We want to simply teach the gospel for what it is, talk about what is sin and what is not sin on the basis of, of Jesus. Um and ultimately, like when Jesus calls us to love God and to love our neighbor, that has to, that factors into every aspect of our life and how we live. So we, we really want to be focused on that as well. So do you have anything else that you, on the rest of this? All yeah, right. we've, we made it through. Yeah. So thank y'all for sticking with us for again. Yeah. two episodes on this. <laughs> Appreciate it. And I know we covered a lot of difficult subjects for sure and and ones that we'll probably visit again in the future some mm-hmm. that you've already visited with um the politics specifically um and if you disagreed with anything we talked about over the last two weeks or any at any point in time um throughout the podcast in general please 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 reach out and let us know for sure we would love to to talk with you and to grow together because maybe we are wrong about some of this stuff and we would love to know it because the last thing we want to do is preach anything that's wrong or that's false so feel free to hit us up absolutely so thank you guys again for listening we are so appreciative and if you enjoy this we hope that you will share it continue to share it our audience is growing and we really appreciate that Uh, you're in for a treat next week when Alexander's going to break down I think your own personal that's true I talked about my faith story a little bit but we want to talk a little bit about because deconstruction's a big yep. idea, I guess, kind of in, in our community now. So I want to talk about when there are things that are good to deconstruct. There are yep. things about sometimes growing up in cult, church culture that you need to be like, what is the more biblical response to this? Yep. So I think that we're, we're going to be talking about that, handling that next week. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Please share it with your friends and your family. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and we'll be back. See y'all. Yep.